Hello and welcome to One Inch Past Scary Podcast. This is Kirsty Sayer. It is August 30th, 2022. I'm delighted to be with you. I'm so grateful that you're with me. I hope you're doing okay today, dear friends. Um, I was thinking just before I recorded how honored I am to have people listening to me. Um, even if it's just one of you out there, it is such a kind honor that you do um, to tune into my particular little corner of the world. Um, I am so aware of how much good stuff there is out there um, and how many ways in which you could be spending your, your free listening time and I'm really really grateful and touched that you would spend it with me. I don't take that lightly. I think a lot about what I'm going to talk to you about. I try to bring my most authentic self as well as something of value, at least one thing, hopefully several to offer in each episode. And um, I pay attention to patterns in my life and to messages that I'm receiving from various um, things I may be reading or hearing or observing in my life and other people's lives um, to try to see what we uh, universally need or at least what I know pe other people people other than myself might find value in so anyway I just wanted to let you know that from time to time um, just remind you of how grateful I am and and the fact that I do this um, is definitely you know I I'm mindful of the fact that I'm doing it with the effort to help and to lighten the load in the same way that mine has been lightened by so many others um, along my way in so many different forms, um, books, podcasts, um, Instagram feeds, quotes, what have you. I have, I have cobbled together my, um, my little box of coping skills and my way of looking at the world and the, my way of picking myself up. Um, along the way from so many different people who have walked the way before me and or are walking it alongside of me and I just think that we all have nuggets of great wisdom to share with each other and I'm just really grateful that you would um which you would be here with me so that we can share ours together um I on that same vein I'm very grateful whenever I get feedback um I don't need to hear that you love and adore me. <laughs> it's nice, of course. <laughs> um, if you ever feel compelled to tell me those things, I'm not going to be sad. But um, it's just nice to get feedback um, regarding what kind of episodes and what kind of topics resonate with you and how so and what you're going through and um, or what you'd like to hear more of or possibly even less of. I mean, there's no point in me just droning away um, if it's not hitting or if you've been listening for a while and then you're just like, it's enough now, I've heard enough of that particular topic. Um, yeah, let me know. Communication is great. So, um, like I say, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing okay. Um, if you listened last week, I chronicled in quite some depth <laughs> in my in my meandering way um, my hot mess summer um, it I wasn't even intending to do a play on words with the hot girl summer thing I <laughs> just realized that today when I saw the title and I laughed to myself um, it just hot mess summer popped into my mind because that's how I felt most of the time either quietly or more um, 
expressively I just felt messy and um, I am trying to neaten things up a little bit <laughs> just for my own comfort I think that it's important for us all to have a stage or two in our lives or to be perennially messy if that's who we're going to be um, I don't obviously have a lot of shame in my game I am happy to share um, <laughs> I'm happy to share the lows I am more than happy to share the lows as much as I share the highs. Um, in fact, sometimes I feel like I might have gone a little bit too far the other way, that I talk uh, a lot about the lows and I don't balance it out as much as I should with the highs. And I do think that that's important, and I'm going to talk more about that today. Um, we've talked a lot on my past episode and then the episode before that I recorded with Joe. We talked about... Um, the hazards of feeling like we needed to be positive all the time, that we could only really share our stories once we found the nugget of wisdom to swim up to the surface with. You know, once we, we may have been drowning, but do that quietly and only come up and show, you know, what you, you know, what you've learned from it all and talk about it when you get to that phase. And I don't think that serves anybody well. I think it's really helpful. Um, if you are compelled to do it, to talk about your difficulties when you're in the midst of them, um, honestly and candidly, and uh, also be honest about what you need from people, because people are, I do believe, mostly um, inclined to want to support each other as much as they can, and we do such a great um, service to each other when we when we are explicit about that. I think a lot about how one of my kids. Um, I just really, really, and still sometimes does, um, had difficulty telling us what she wanted to eat. Um, I'm not sure why, because she is, I'm just going to go with it and, and, and expose her. She's our youngest, and you know that the role of a big family is that when you have a youngest, particularly a much youngest, um, and the parents are old and worn out and just decrepit the way Erin and I are now, <laughs> They're just completely, they're burned out, man. There is only one right answer when that kid is whining and it is give her whatever it is she wants. Um, I thought it was just us, but it turns out that this is a thing. This is a thing with youngest kids and that is of great comfort to me. And I would only know that, I wouldn't have known that if other people hadn't been honest about it. Do you see how good it is to be honest? Anyway, the, we are now currently have entered into the school of parenting, which is give her whatever it is that she wants. And so we always have, um, and she is particular about her eating. Um, she has some sensory um, stuff and, you know, and food um, in general is kind of a struggle. And so we are very inclined to be accommodating and we just want her to eat <laughs> we just want we just want the whining to stop okay i'm not gonna lie and she will come to us and say i'm hungry and then we'll say what do you want to eat and she gets coy and it's not even like you know when a guy and a girl are driving in a car and he goes where do you want to eat and she goes I don't know and he says how about Mexican and she's like absolutely not it's not even like that she knows exactly what it is she wants to eat and I might have talked about this in another podcast in fact it's I feel like I have but in case you don't listen to me routinely 
Um, here it is again, and if you do, I'm sorry. But she knows precisely what she wants to eat. She just doesn't want to say it. She wants us to guess it. And I don't think she's doing it to be difficult. It's just some kind of like, she feels embarrassed saying it out loud. And so she'll give us like a little hint if we try, or she used to, she doesn't do that anymore, but she used to be like, I want something that is white. And we'd be like, oh, you want some bread? No, I want something that is white and cold. And then we'll eventually come around to the fact that she wants like a bowl of ice cream for breakfast. And there have been times that we've just given it to her. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Anyway, so, you know, that that takes up so much of our energy. And we were just like, dude, why do you do this? You could have what you wanted 10 minutes earlier. You could have happy parents. I don't know if it's part of her, like, routine to just be like, I don't have it in me to just come out and say it. It seems so preposterous that I'm just going to play a little game and then they're going to forget that it was my idea. I don't know why she does this, but it's crazy making. And I think we do it to each other in different ways. I think that we are always trying to get people to um, treat us the way that we wish they would treat us with far too little information. So if you can be candid about the things that you need when you need them, when you are struggling, that is a gift. I've talked about it before. I'm sure of it. This is feeling very familiar. Um, my working memory though is not so wonderful. So bear with me. I think it is a nugget that is absolutely worth repeating. If you have um, an unmet need that you wish that people you love or care about in your circle would meet and you know that they are inclined to want you to be happy, then by all means do them in yourself the favor of just being explicit about your um, needs. Um, obviously there are various ways of doing that, but um, you know, you've got to work within the parameters of your relationship to, to, to figure out the, the best timing and the best way to, to ask for what you want. But um, don't make people guess because it's tiring for everybody and discouraging. And I think it leads to a lot of unnecessary heartache and even heartbreak. So that um, said, and it's been said before, I know, but here we are. Um, let's talk about some other things. I'm currently sitting in my freshly painted bedroom. It is, um, bringing me an inordinate amount of joy because I have woken up low these many, many mornings, um, and stared at the walls that were last painted when I was pregnant with Ella. Now, look, they were fine. They were not the color of my bedroom was fine it was not outdated and the the paint job was still fine um there was no reason for it to be repainted other than i was tired of it which is probably the best reason of all i would wake up and i'd be like you know what i can just picture what this would look like if it was painted in a particular shade that it is painted in now and i know it would look great and i just sit here here and I would wonder how many years it would be until I would manage to get my ass in gear enough to paint the room the color I wanted. I've painted my house um, over 
the last couple of decades almost um, many many different colors and I have never been disappointed I'm not picky to be honest I'm very decisive when it comes to color I will choose a color in a around you know somewhere in the shade and hue that I feel like I was going for sometimes I just go a totally different direction and then I choose the one the paint color which name I like best isn't that interesting if you thought that naming things didn't matter then um, it matters to me and I will choose it and I have chosen a color that is called deep breath it doesn't it doesn't seem apt for the color the color is a very very dark navy blue um, but I remember I have wanted this room to be this color since at least 2016 I remember distinctly <laughs> somewhere in 2016 seeing a room in a catalog that looked the way my room does now and going I want it this way and for different reasons I didn't do it um, and I wanted it to be fully monochromatic I didn't want the baseboards to be a different color I didn't want the trim to be a different color I didn't want the doors that of the of the wardrobe to be a different color I wanted everything to be this one dark blue and I don't know what stopped me at the time it was very kind of edgy um, not like ridiculously so it was in a mainstream enough catalog but it wasn't what everybody was doing people were still really doing a lot of you know contrasting trims and everything and I was influenced by the fact that that looked nice and also I didn't know enough people who were doing what I wanted to do which was more um, architectural looking and probably suited in my mind at the time towards a more sort of um, spacious and modern home than the one I have and so I just didn't do it and I have never stopped wanting it to look this way and I just think about how ridiculous it is that I let the concerns of other people <laughs> I'm just like stunned at myself the concerns of people and the taste of people who will never see the inside of my bedroom ever and I don't even know who those people are it's just the capital P people dictate that me not feeling a sense of joy and satisfaction when I wake up and look at my walls I cannot believe I did this I'm stunned at myself and then I think back on how I've lived my life and how I do this in a trillion different ways all the different decisions I make I'm like oh I really like that but you know what is that a thing right now I will literally say this I will say to my kids or to a hip friend or to the internet either you know intentionally I'll go on a forum or on a platform and ask people who barely know me to weigh in on the thing well I'll research it is this a thing is this in style and it's like what the hell does it matter I had an image of something that I believed would look good and I was very specific in it and it's not an expensive thing to do and it takes all of a couple of days to do it um, it's not a huge time or expense commitment in any way and it can be changed it's not irreversible and yet it has been years since I just followed through what the hell what is it what is it 
why are we living our lives this way, guys? And you might say, I'm not. And I might say, well, then please teach me. <laughs> please teach me how not to live your life this way. Um, because it's so paralyzing. It's ridiculous. And what I am most conscious of, I should say, not always, but lately in the last few weeks is how, the, how quickly and relentlessly time passes. Um, and not just, you know, like the months and the days, but the years and the decades. And I'm so acutely aware of it now because suddenly I have my fourth kid out of the house and I have to reckon with that. Like he is 18, that's almost two decades long. We moved into this house when he was six months old. I, you know what I mean? I can, I can see the passing of that time in a chunk so clearly and it went by so freaking fast and I was just looking at pictures of him starting preschool yesterday they popped up on my Facebook memories so I've been on Facebook long enough for that to be a thing that in itself is scary and I vividly remembered that day and how it felt to hold his little hand and walk him into preschool and photograph him at the end of the day when we we're all hot and sweaty and wanted to go home but I wanted a picture of him in his cute little cubby that he I was so proud of because he was finally three and he could go to preschool just like his older siblings did and you know and now I'm watching him walk off into his dorm room at college and it's like where did the time go it's very trippy it's very weird and this whole like kids growing up and getting old and us being old and all that stuff that happens to other people it happens to people on ads for life insurance and for like you know like prostate medication or whatever it is that that it happens to other people in a whole different age group and a whole different like demographic for me it is not who i am and you know i'm going through all of that and i'm realizing dude what have i been doing with my life in terms of letting the opinions which do not exist by the way of other people who do not exist they only exist in my mind um, like make everyday choices for me and it is so crazy and I keep saying to my kids you guys like stop worrying what other people think about you because the most remarkable people in the world are now dead and like they've done fantastic things like life-changing civilization-changing things the inventions and the the like incredible impacts that they made with their lives um, are are like informing our lives today. Like, you know, people who invented electricity and who invented transportation of various kinds and, and medications and, you know, whatever it is and, and, and fought for our rights and stuff like that and how often do you give them even a passing thought I mean occasionally yeah for sure we talk about them we might even if they're really really special have holidays named after them or study them in textbooks but like are you t like walking around thinking of them every day and how often do you even think about members of your own family you know great great grandparents how how many people know the name of their great 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 grandparent or even their great great right or even they're great god forbid but you know we are quickly forgotten <laughs> it's sad but true so who are we living for 
Why are we not living for ourselves? Um, why are we so preoccupied with not doing anything unless it makes a huge splash, right? Why don't we just do things that make us happy? Why don't we just do little things that make every day more enjoyable, like waking up and looking at the color of the wall that you always wanted and seeing it right there and being like, ah, oh, yes, it's awesome. I love it. And I love how that little sculptural thing I have on my dresser contrasts with the wall. It's perfect. This pleases me. Um, why aren't we just doing little things which please us every day instead of worrying so incessantly, even if it's not in an obvious teenager, oh my God, everybody's looking at me way. Why are we letting the opinions of others have such a huge impact on our lives negatively? That is, um, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I know that we should stop. I know that it's a waste of time. I know that when I look back, those are the regrets that I have. Um, I know that th th there are regrets that I have about parenting, um, parenting for the sake of others, for um, looking a certain way as a parent or keeping up appearances. I have major regrets about that. Um, if I knew, you know, now that I know better, I actively try to do better in that regard when I'm inclined to go, oh, what will people think? Um, and crush the spirit of my my little, my youngest, um, because I'm concerned of how it might appear to somebody else rather than how it might feel for her. I restrain myself now, and I'm so grateful that I have the force, the, not the foresight, the, part, the hindsight to do that. But my heart still breaks for the little spirits that I crushed um, before because I thought that that was being a good person, was parenting for the sake of how everybody would see me. I honestly thought, I honestly believed that was the way to go. And that's sad. And so I'm tr actively trying to have fewer regrets in that way. Um, obviously, we have got to be conscious of other people. We can't live completely hedonistic, um, self absorb selfish lives where we just sort of skip through life just creating chaos in our wake and having pleasure 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 that's not what I'm advocating even a tiny bit but I do know that when you are questioning um, whether or not to do something that may um, you know affect you even for a moment in a in a pleasing way um, and it has in will in no way harm anybody or cause anybody any kind of you know inconvenience or unhappiness and you should absolutely do it without wondering what people are going to think about you things like this include going to the beach and wearing whatever the hell you want whatever swimsuit it makes you feel physically comfortable um, without being concerned that some person who you will most likely never see again will see, you know, your body and go ill. Because even if they are, that ill will be the most passing thought that will ever sort of pass through their brains. And it, that's a them problem, right? That includes however the hell you feel like decorating your house, whatever car it is that you want to drive and, accord, and can afford to drive, 
whatever you want to study, whatever you want to, um, you know, watch on TV, these things we don't have to, or read. I know so many people who will read only for book clubs. They will only read for a book club. Um, and some of them enjoy the society or the social sort of, um, nature of that, but others will only read, um, what the book club thinks is an appropriately enough highbrow book to warrant reading. I used to be in a book club like that. I'm not going to lie. And there was time, there were times that I wanted to suggest a book that really moved me. And I remember this very distinctly, that there was a book that really moved me. Um, and it had a lot to do with me eventually, um, going my own way from the Mormon church, not because it was just anti-Mormon, it had nothing to do with that at all, but the way the woman, um, was going on her own kind of path toward truth really moved me. And, um, she and I were the exact same age and we were asking ourselves the exact same questions and feeling equally not at home in our church environment and, um, just having some real deep questions about the doctrines of our, our, our respective churches, not the same church, and just lives, living authentic lives. And it made, a, like, it changed everything for me, that book. It, it, this was the only person who I felt in the world could understand me. I was not having these discussions with a single other soul. And this book was, like, meaningful to me. And I wanted to suggest it as a book for our book club. But this this um, writer was not yet well respected. I thought that they would think that she was hokey, that she was like too self-helpy and it was not highbrow enough and it was not intellectual enough and blah, blah, blah. And so I never suggested it. And that woman um, and that book was, was by Glennon Doyle. It was one of her first books. She's now a best-selling author. She makes millions of dollars for incredibly important causes. She's a considered a very serious writer, a very serious thinker, um, and a very powerful agent of change in this world. And I remember saying, I'm not going to tell you who I really admire as a writer thinking about her, because I don't want you guys to, to, you know, laugh at me, more or less. But I believe that this woman is a prophetess. I believe that she's as powerful as anybody, as any prophet that has ever been. Um, and that has, you know, the, the things that she has to say, people need to hear and will need to hear and that she is going to make such an impact. And I myself was something of a prophetess in that because she's, she went on to have a fantastic and very meaningful and impactful career. And so... I regret that because I remember some of the people who were in that book club and I think that they would have been very well served in their own regard. Maybe, you know, not in leaving a church. Maybe that wasn't the burden that they had to, you know, um, carry, um, but in, in other ways. And then, and I am pretty sure that there is at least one person in the book club that I can think of that would not have resonated with that book in a single solitary way that she very well might have said, this one just doesn't do it for me. It seemed silly. And 
good enough. Like we do not all have to have the same sacred cows and the same preferences and whatever. And it would have just gone on. We would have all gone on our way and nobody would have thought the less of me for it. And if they did, that again would have been a them problem. But I so regret that now. And I, it's just, I think of it all the time whenever I see that book. I think it was, I think the first book was Love Warrior or something. And I think about how selfish I was in keeping it to myself when I had the opportunity to share it because of how concerned I was about everybody else's impression of me and how sad that is. Anyway, um, so I wanted to just, um, again, you know, my, my themes here have been all about being authentic, sharing, asking for what you want, telling people what you want, and then mostly focusing on giving yourself what you want you know that we don't always have to involve other people in every choice that we make we do not have to poll the audience we do not have to bring things to the council there are so many so many choices in our lives that we should feel completely empowered to make without the the you know input of others and which we should make without the input of others and i do think that um you know, learning to trust ourselves and trust our own um, inner wisdom, that little voice inside of you that, that tells you, you know what, this isn't good for you, um, or this is good for you, and this may not look great on paper, but ultimately it is the way you should go, and the reason why it keeps tugging at you is because it is the way you should go, and just because you don't know anybody else who did it this way doesn't mean it's not right for you. All those things, that, that little voice is the one voice that will never fail us. But there is um, so much to be said for practicing listening to it, being making it so much clearer and so much easier to follow. And the more we trust, the more we listen and experiment with just going through with things, maybe little things, the more confident we get and the more familiar we get with it. And the more our lives work out well for us. And I realize that when my mental health isn't like at its best um that is when i'm either willfully ignoring my inner knowing i'm um self-sabotaging by doing that i'm hearing my inner knowing first thing in the morning i always have and i've mentioned my morning epiphanies many many times over i always have my clearest thoughts and sort of my greatest insights into relationships and into things that seem very complex and murky the night before or many many days you know in a row in the morning after I wake up immediately after I wake up sometimes things are so crystal clear stunningly crystal clear that I'm embarrassed at how clear they are and how complicated I was making them and how misunderstood I uh, how how drastically I misunderstood a situation or a person um, or you know their feelings or a dynamic or a relationship or whatever it is and I notice that my mental health is directly impacted by how much I am willing to listen to those morning epiphanies or check in with that voice and just do as it says and I get into these um, these self-sabotaging sort of modes where if I don't listen to that voice first thing in the morning, um, I immediately 
feel the impact of it. I immediately feel just that little bit more hardened and that little more bit sort of turned away from myself, turned away from my better self, the, the self that's going to protect me and make me feel good throughout the day and keep guiding me toward choices that will make me happier or make me feel more peaceful. And I think different people call this inner knowing different things and that doesn't matter at all. It's just whatever it is that turns you towards the sunnier side of the street or the better choice. Um, that will compound on itself, like I talked about in the last episode, you know, those tiny shifts that then lead to other shifts. Um, that's the voice that I'm referring to, and we all have one. Um, it doesn't matter what you call it or where you believe it's from, it, but it does matter that sometimes we are inclined to self-sabotage, and when we do, it gets less and less easy to hear or decipher or um, trust. So I have um, a message on that today. I think that, you know, if you sort of have drifted away from yourself, um, either very knowingly and consciously or um, just because things have gotten busy and things have either been very, very difficult or maybe, as which happens for me very frequently, they've been very easy for a while things I've been I've been coasting for a while it's often when I'm really really coasting and I don't feel sort of the need to dig deep to solve a lot of you know to solve problems or to um, you know just to dig deep for coping re resources or to make a bunch of you know decisions that will impact my life and others in long-term ways that I sort of start to drift. I stop being disciplined with, you know, the things that I know bring me to my inner knowing. Um, just meditating, you know, in the morning um, in a deliberate way. I sort of do it half-heartedly or in passing. Um, exercising, especially out in nature, really helps to bring me um, to my, my inner knowing. Um, and, I know that that's not true for everybody. Not everybody finds it through exercise. They, they find the opposite is true for them. That's fine. It's like we're all different. Um, some people find it through their spiritual practices. I, um, I, I consider my spiritual practices meditation and being out in nature, often running, um, whatever it is for you, you know, or the places or people that, you, that you're with that really sort of encourage that. Make that a very big priority and start by start easy and basic by just, you know, making little choices, doing something like repainting your room or buying an item of clothing that, you know, in your little heart is going to make you happy. Um, and every single time you see it and you've just been resisting doing it just because you thought maybe somebody would think it was inappropriate, too old, too young, too silly, too colorful, too plain, too whatever. Stop just stop and obey the voice inside of you that says you know what i would like that that would please me and go for it and see how well that turns out for you <laughs> and keep doing that because the confidence to um obey that that voice you know not the one you know the one that gets you in trouble not that one the other one <laughs> the other one 
um, that brings you things that are pleasurable and happy without you know bad consequences. I think we know. I think we know the voice that I'm talking about. Um, experiment with that. Do little things. And then on the other side, um, there's a book I'm reading right now that's that's talking about poisoning your own well. And she says, don't poison your own well. And today I think about today I've been thinking about how you know um, a lot about what I talked about last week, which was being um, mindful of the fact that we have many, many, many thoughts each day, but a huge, huge quantity of them are just repetitive. They're the same thought that we have every other day. They're just really repetitive. And so, you know, it's like, make sure that they're good and not toxic because if they're toxic thoughts and you're having them a thousand times a day um, that's going to change your reality right so you know consciously replacing at least one toxic thought process that you're having every day or one toxic loop that you just have let run wild through your mind um, every day is a really noble endeavor it's noble for you, it's noble for the people around you, it's noble for the world, just to sort of improve your energy that way. Um, so next time you, you know, being conscious of how your thoughts make you feel, next time you have a thought that's, that's bringing, down you, bringing you down energetically, and I mean that in a very literal way, when your energy dips, when you have a certain thought um, or it rises but not in a comfortable way like in if it rises in like an anxious or an angry or an agitated way pay attention to what your energy is doing how your body feels um, and how it's responding and then decide whether or not you want to keep that in your thought bank running through your head every day many 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 times a day even thousands of times a day do you want that um and if not what are you going to do to change it is it true is it first of all ask yourself if that thought is categorically objectively true um and if it's not objectively true and it's just subjectively true and it's not making you feel good is there any way in which you could change that thought is there any way that um, you could replace it with a better thought. So, you know, there are some things that are objectively true. It is objectively true that today is the 30th of August. There's nothing you and I can do about it. I don't know when you're going to listen to it, but for, for me today, it is the 30th of August. Do I wish that it was another day of the year? Maybe. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really care. Um, but you might maybe the 30th of august means september's coming and for some reason you don't like september or for some reason you do i don't know but okay so we all know what objective versus subjective means but there's other things it's like is today a horrible day well for you maybe it is maybe you have decided that today's a horrible day and is it true for every single other person on the planet no it's not today is somebody's best day they're going to remember this day forever as the best day of their life like life-changing a dream came true their wildest dream came true it was perfect today is somebody's perfect 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 day um and it's somebody who's experiencing the exact same weather in the exact same city perhaps 
that you live in um and still their perspective and whatever's going on in their reality is making it their perfect day is there anything you could do to change this day that you've just designated as terrible to be slightly less terrible and just maybe you know maybe there's not a ton you could do maybe it is an objectively terrible day in your life because you've lost somebody very important to you or you've had a horrible accident or whatever it might be indeed one of the most difficult days of your life in, in which case i am so sorry um but for the most part we um have more power over things that we believe to be objectively true than we realize and they may in fact be only subjectively true and subject then to change for the better and just even having and asking ourselves the question well is that thought true can give us some distance can give us enough distance from the thought to recognize that we are not in fact our thoughts and our thoughts have way too much power over us particularly if they're negative and maybe we could inject something a little more neutral into that thought spiral that we're having and prevent it being a spiral so um you know this idea of not poisoning your own well is one that you know there are so many different layers and so many different topics we can talk about you know and you know in terms of what input we you know what input we allow in our minds but our minds are very much the creators of our reality very very much so much more so than we realize and um, regularly asking yourself if one of your frequent toxic thought loops is even true is a great exercise great exercise um, challenging yourself gives you at least you will have to acknowledge that you have that you personally have more power over your mind um, and your consciousness than you believe in that you are not your thoughts you are not your thoughts the person or the thing or the knowing or whatever that is challenging your thoughts is who you are your you know we do not have to accept that we are our, our whole negative thought patterns and spirals and that's a huge relief at least to me because my thoughts can be bonkers sometimes actually quite quite often fairly often and if my thoughts define me and made me you know who i was wow that's that's pretty upsetting to be honest because i can go through some really negative stages and and if that was just who i was if that defined my whole being i it would be really sad and i really am grateful for things that have um in very subtle ways help me to understand that i have so much more control over my thoughts than i realize that i can observe my thoughts passing which means that i am not them if i'm the observer of my thought i'm not my thought and of course things like meditation help us very very much in recognizing the separation between our thoughts and our and our being um doing yoga helps me with that breath work helps me a lot with that too there are lots of cues that we can give our physical bodies that will allow us to separate ourselves just enough from our thoughts to be able to have a lot more control and power over them. So try not to poison your own well. Really, um, we, we, you know, drinking out of a, po a well that we ourselves have poisoned is, is a sad thing to do. 
and an unnecessary thing to do. There is a lot that is objectively wrong with the world. I mean, gosh, just go on social media for five seconds and you'll be stunned that any of us is still alive, that any of us have not, you know, that we haven't murdered each other as in savage rage because that's how social media portrays us as, you know, humanity. And then, then take a break from social media again and come back and think about how um, there's a lot right in the world too. The fact that, you know, most of the time we drive in our cars and we get to our destinations. We all are able to cooperate enough for that to happen. Um, somebody had to lay those roads and when you turn a light on, it usually goes on. And when you, you know, turn a tap on, water comes out, the life-giving water and it's clean and it's fresh, it's pure enough to wash in and then to also drink safely as somebody who almost died from amoebic uh, dysentery as a child uh, let me tell you that having clean water is like something that we need to be way more grateful for because even one sip of bad stuff can kill you and kill you quick and painfully and the fact that we just blithely shower and bathe and drink water that that we don't even have to think about is a miracle right I don't want to get all Pollyanna-ish about things, but um, if we've decided that the world that we currently live in, if you live in, you know, a developed world where you can turn on water and, and drink safely, you're living kind of a miraculous existence. You really are. And so we need to be careful about categorizing things as more dire than they are. Um, you know, with great big swaths of, you know, sweeping arms, like everything is bullshit, because I do this all the time. I'm always doing this. And I'm always like, um, and the moment I say something like that, my energy level goes plummets. And I can guarantee you that everybody around me isn't lifted up either. And it's just like sad, because I'm surrounded by so many things that make my life really easy that I could focus on instead. I could just as easily focus on um, that I'm just choosing not to just simply out of habit because I'm not questioning whether or not I am poisoning my well that day I'm just not asking myself the right questions it's just habits and I'm not going to be down on myself or down on anybody else for falling into those habits they're easy to do and um, a lot of things in our society are set up to make us do that so don't be down on yourself and and I know that this is, none of this is new or sexy um, encouraging you to question your thoughts and ask yourself if they're true and then replace them with less toxic thoughts if they're not objectively true and you can do something about it none of this is new none of it is like groundbreaking but it is the basis of what separates a happy person from an unhappy person for the most part I was telling my husband that, that you know, I, I read a lot of um, psychology and even, you know, some might say pop psychology kind of stuff um, in terms of what impacts people's happiness. And it's silly little things that you wouldn't imagine, you know, after a certain amount of, you know, we all imagine that if we just had a million dollars, we'd be fine, we'd be happy. And sure, I think a lot of the things that niggle you and upset you on a day-to-day -day basis would be taken care of, but our brains are brilliant at that at then if we've created enough sort of pockets in our brain designated to problems and things being problematic and worries that our brains would, if we've solved a bunch of those things with money, 
um, with more money, we would, or more time or whatever it is that we currently feel a lack of, we would then fill those little pockets with other things, with other worries. I've known a lot of really wealthy, um, like quite ridiculously wealthy people. Um, not very well, but well enough to observe over the course of my life. And I can very confidently tell you that none of them um, seemed drastically happier than people who were of average financial situation or even people who were quite, you know, struggling by, by the, you know, poverty standards that were doing quite poorly financially. I did not note a, a difference in their demeanor. Um, I can tell you that I have known people considerably, considerably poorer than me um, and considerably poorer than people that I've ever met in the United States. I've known many of them and I have known people who are consistently happier than I am and th than most people I know are. And I'm not telling you anything from that. I'm not telling you that poverty is the answer by no means. I do think that poverty is is not the answer and is a bad thing. And I really would love to see poverty eradicated in my lifetime. Um, but I am conscious that we, um, if we all got the money that we think we need to be happy, we might be surprised to find how very much more quickly we could fill the worries that we are now currently filled with financial ones with something else so creating sort of a mind that has fewer pockets for discontentment and more pockets for happiness seems to be the way to go and it is way more in your control than changing your financial situation it's it's a lot more um immediately achievable now as somebody who struggles with mental health and with um, the brain injury of um, post-traumatic stress disorder you must know that I'm not blithe when I say this that you know if you want to be happy be um, that phrase by Leo Tolstoy both infuriates me and intrigues me that is a quote by him um, because there are many times when you are having chemical stuff going on or where you are being triggered that happiness feels and is extremely elusive and is not within your control. But there are other times where I can make a choice one way or the other. And just out of habit, I've, I make a happy choice or I make a unhappier choice just out of whatever habit I'm currently in. And so that's what I'm referring to. Um, so when you do have a choice and you do remember to question whatever thought loop you're in as to whether or not it's a particularly helpful or um, happy pocket making one, maybe choose to build a happy pocket. I wish I had come up with a better analogy than pockets. I'm thinking of like my brain lined now with those like cheap plastic pockets that people hang on the back of their wardrobes to put their shoes in and I kind of wish I'd come up with something more aesthetically pleasing but that's what I've got going on in my brain um I do think that yeah, I could have come up with something else but maybe it's maybe that that will help you to see what I'm trying to 
what I'm trying to say when I'm talking about creating pockets of happiness um, or unhappiness, as it were. So, um, and one last thing. I'm trying to remember what it is I actually came to this podcast to share because as is my wont, I get so derailed so easily. I know I did want to talk about not poisoning your own well. Um, gosh, what, what? Oh, yeah, the painting of the room thing and the just doing whatever it is that you think don't wait don't wait like how many years has it been since 2016 and and i honestly know that i was put off from doing it then because i just didn't feel like there was enough public acceptance for what i wanted to do with my bedroom and i just i'm laughing but literally cringing at the same time just thinking about that just thinking about that because my husband myself and our kids other people are going to see my bedroom and if anybody you know ends up you know I we end up selling this house and anybody else ends up seeing it and doesn't like it they're it's extremely easy and cheap to change so I'm just stunned I'm stunned but yeah I'm really committed to looking at the different ways in which I do this with my life um, and which I complicate things and paralyze myself from doing what I want to do because I'm not sure of the public approval for it even if the public will never know about it it's really been a very good thought exercise for me to think about right now um, and I encourage you to do the same for whatever it is in your world where whether it's the way you interact um, with others um, or the way you interact with yourself um, how much are you letting the perception of things that aren't even going to perceive it change the way you live and the way you should live um, the approval that you're seeking from whom is it going to be worth whatever it is that you're doing if you are doing something for the approval of somebody else but all the work that you're doing to be approved of by that specific person or even if it's not a specific person it maybe it's just a hazy kind of the world is it worth it is what you're doing worth it right now or would you like to be spending your time in a different way um, because what I found is that when I've been motivated to do something for to impress or um, gain approval from either a specific person or group of people or the world at large it's never panned out that way I have never had that itch scratched ever I have never had it scratched I might get approval I might get kudos or like um, compliments or whatever but they last a very tiny short amount of time they never feel as good as I imagine that they're gonna feel and if I didn't have a fair amount of um, internal motivation and you know wanting to just prove something to me um, in doing it there it ends up just just being really disappointing and leaving me with a really hollow feeling and I regret ever having done it often um, and that's somebody who really functioned from you know a place of pleasing and striving endlessly 
to get approval from the wrong people who were never going to give it to me and who were in fact invested in not giving it to me, actively didn't want to give it to me for their own weird um, sort of twisted reasons. So, you know, I've been there, I've done it a lot in my life and now I do it sort of clearly a lot less consciously. I just, I'm, you know, I'm just going back to this whole ludicrous room thing like, well, let's just, let's just wait to see if that catches on a little better, you know, before my home here in Ohio gets, you know, photographed by Architectural Digest. I mean, ridiculousness. Uh, so I just want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with, with, with the assignment of looking within yourself to see how you could be living more for yourself. Um, and how you could be spending less energy focusing on things that are making your well, um, your thought well poisonous and how you could be lightening things up um, in general. Just, you know, maybe spend some time asking yourself some, some really very kind of easy yet impactful questions this week. And let me know how it goes for you. And I'll do the same in next week's episode. Um, I am, again, really grateful that you would join me and listen to me meander um, my way around my thoughts. Um, I hope something hit you in a way that is helpful to you or somebody you love. Um, hang in there. It is... Um, Whatever it is, it is temporary. So if you're having a really great time, I hope that you're savoring it. Um, but know that there's no scarcity of really great times. If if this one is going to come to an end soon, um, just know now you know you now know that great times are possible and that you are able to enjoy them and 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 good things will still come. There is yet more to to come. And if you're having a hard time right now, please do know that that too is temporary um, and that often relief comes in unexpected ways and unexpected from unexpected people and that it might be just around the corner. It truly is often, very often, darkest just before the dawn. And even though things can feel like they're going to be absolutely intolerable forever, that has never been the case for me. And trust me, I routinely believe that things are going to be in intolerable forever and so far it has never been true for me um, sending you a lot of love and strength and happiness and clean well water this week much love go paint your bedroom a fun color or don't <laughs> talk to you soon bye bye